Go ahead and grab some scripture. You are welcome to open the Bible app. You can scan the QR code. And if you want to join us in the Bible app, all the scriptures will be on there for, for you. And uh, you can grab good old hard copy as well. Uh, there's a Bible under the chair around you if you want to grab one of those. Feels good to not have sunscreen all over my face right now. <laughs> Feels good to not be looking through sunglasses uh, at you. Hey, we're beginning a new series today in the letters of John. And uh, as Adam and I uh, begin to really talk through what scriptures we would spend our time on in the fall, uh, landed on the letters of the Apostle John. We thought it'd be helpful and insightful this morning to have a week right here at the beginning to spend some time on the life of John. Uh, and we believe that if uh, we know a bit more about the life of John, that may bring some newness and some freshness as we look at his letters in the coming weeks. And so let's get to it. Uh, a bit more topical today than usual as we jump around to several scriptures. Go ahead and turn to John chapter 20 is the first scripture we'll look at. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. This is from John's gospel, and he's going to tell us why he wrote his gospel, and that'll give us some insight as to why he writes in general, although this is specifically why he wrote the gospel of John. Again, I think it gives us some insight overall as to why John would write and a little bit of background for him. And so John chapter 20 verses 30 and 31. We spent time on this in our series on John uh, a number of years ago. This was kind of the uh, theme verse as to why we would study the gospel of John. But again, some insight for us here as well. Verse 30. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. And I, when I read that, I get excited because I'm like, ah, oh, we, we, this is all we know, really, the scriptures. But it's insightful to know there's a whole lot more that went on. It's just this is what we have record of. Um, and then verse 31. But these are written so that you may what? What does it say? Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Church, if we're trying to get a better picture of who John is, then it's important we understand why he wrote we have to understand this. John cares about what we believe. John cares about what we believe. John cares about truth. And get this, belief in general doesn't matter much if what you're believing in isn't true. You see the connection there between truth and belief, between belief and belief specifically in truth. When John wrote his gospel, he took care to mention several times that Jesus spoke of truth. And I love this. I love these verses. This is not an exhaustive list, but a few of them. John chapter 8. So turn backwards just a little bit. Stay in the gospel of John. John chapter 8. And I'm going to read through quickly three times when John specifically wrote down when Jesus was talking about truth. Again, John cares about belief, specifically belief in truth. John chapter 8 verses 31 and 32, Jesus said to the Jews that had 
believed him. If you abide in my word and are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you abide in my word and are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So what comes from truth? Well, freedom comes from truth. Freedom is an outflow of truth. Second one, John 18. Turn back over to the right just a little bit. John 18. Again, we're staying in the gospel of John here just for a moment. John 18, verse 37. This is Jesus' interaction with Pilate. Then Pilate said to him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And so Jesus bears witness to the truth. Jesus points to truth. And so if truth and belief, specifically in truth, is important to John, John records this interaction that Jesus bears witness to the truth. John chapter 14, verse 6. Flip back over to the left a little bit. I told you guys we were going to be busy flipping pages this morning. John chapter 14, verse 6. Many of you will recognize this one. Jesus said to him, this is Thomas and likely others who were around him, but Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so not only does Jesus point to truth, not only does Jesus bear witness to the truth, but Jesus makes this startling claim that he actually is truth. And this is where we begin to realize John as a writer, he isn't just going to point us to some new ideology. Again, John as a writer, he, he does not care just to point us to some new ideology. He does not care to point us just to some clever teaching or simply a philosophy. John is pointing us to so much more than just a message or a teaching. John wants us to know that true doctrine Real, timeless, absolute truth rests on and in the person of Jesus the Christ. He's pointing us to a who, not a what, as he writes. And so it's important that we understand that and realize that, uh, that John is pointing us more than just to a message, more than just to some kind of philosophy. He's pointing us to a who. Not what? He's pointing us to Jesus. And then just begin to think how often in church history have we gotten that wrong? See, we can so easily get lulled into a sense that Christianity is really just a philosophy or a way to think about the world. And that may be even subtly what you what why you came here this morning. You're here for some more information, or you're here some, for some inspiration in a philosophy or some kind of message which if Christianity is just a philosophy then we're left with rules to follow things to do things to not do and maybe this is what you need to be reminded of this morning Christianity is about Christ right Christianity is about Christ and that's where John will continue to point us in his writings if you're here just for some self-betterment which we've talked about this regularly. If you're just here for some 
self-betterment. If you're like, I don't like the track that my life is on, and my life needs to be better, you might be a little lost as we spend time together. Because Christianity is not about being a better you. It's not about self-improvement. It's about being put to death with Christ and being raised to new life in Christ. And as we've said before, if Christianity is a home improvement show, if Christianity is a home improvement show, they wouldn't just fix a few things here and there. They'd tear down what was left and build something new from the ground up. Let's continue on to the next point here. John cares about truth, as we've just said. John cares about truth, true doctrine, then John also wants us to know the importance of obedience, especially as it pertains to love for one another. John wants us to know the importance of obedience, especially as it pertains to love for one another. And this love that we're to have for each other is firmly rooted in and established in God's love for us first, right? That's how we know what love is. Turn to John chapter, uh, this is actually 1 John, so go ahead and flip over to the letter. It's kind of way back at the back. If you're not real familiar, uh, if you see Revelation, just flip back just a few pages to the left and you'll be at 1 John. This is 1 John chapter 4, verses 7, 8, and 9. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7, 8, and 9. And again, we're examining and considering John as an author, he's going to talk about the importance of obedience, but specifically in our love for one another and realizing that the only way we even know what love is is by his love for us first. And so 1 John chapter 4, verses 7, 8, and 9 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. So, again, this is how we know what love is. This is how love was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Some call John the apostle of love. What a title, right? The apostle of love of love, mostly because he mentions love over 80 times in his writings, and this won't be the last time that we talk about love in this series. Go back a few verses, chapter 3 in 1 John. Look at verse 16. This is going to reiterate what we just read. By this we know what, we, we know love. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. How do we know what love is? When we, when we look at what Christ has done for us. That's how we know what love is, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. John will make connections several times in his writings between the overflow of God's love for us and then our love for each other, that connection between God's love for us and then how we love each other. The only way we know how to love each other is from looking at the way he loved us first. The only way we're able to love each other is by looking at how he loved us first. Another interesting fact about John and love that you may remember is that in John's gospel, when John talks about himself, he refers to himself how? 
that the disciple that Jesus loved. That's how he refers to himself in his own gospel, which we always like to poke a little fun at, right? When we, when we see that John, when he got to where he wanted to say, and me, John, instead he said the disciple that Jesus loved. And we're like, wow, that's funny, <laughs> right? And as much as we give John a hard time about referring to himself as the one Jesus loved, it's probably less about singling himself out or some kind of humble brag about himself, of I'm kind of the one Jesus loved, and probably a lot more about his confidence in being a recipient of the love of Christ. His confidence in being a recipient of the love of Christ, as if he's saying, hey, everybody, of all the things I want you to know about me, it's this, he loves even me. Of all the things I would, and it's, it's like John is saying this, of all the things that I could want you to find out about me or want you to know about me, it's this, that he loves even me. It may say a lot about how he wishes to be remembered as one who was bathed in Christ's love. And it got me thinking about us. It got me thinking about myself. How do we see ourselves? How do we see ourselves? If we were going to uh, write some, some kind of account of our lives or some kind of account of things that we had witnessed, like John had, and it got to the place where we were going to mention ourselves, what would we put there, right? What would we say? How do we see ourselves? Or maybe better ask, what is it you usually want people to know about you? And this got me thinking because I, I processed this before, like when you meet someone for the first time, or when you're just getting to know someone, what is it that you hope comes up in conversation about yourself, right? That you get to lay out there and, and say so that they will know a little bit more about you? Dustin, the one married to Julie, Dustin, the one that loves the mountains. Dustin, the one with the three kids. Dustin, the one that used to be good at snowboarding. <laughs> but what is it for you? Consider this. What if we were so saturated in the truth of the gospel, who Christ is and what he's done for us, that we couldn't help Referring first to ourselves as the one Jesus loves. The one who Jesus' love and affection and grace and mercy rests on. What if that was the most defining thing about us? But here's the good news. It's already true about you. It's already true about you. Have you seen it? Have you believed it? Have you come to grips with it? You are the one Jesus loves. Loves. Get this, regardless of your past regrets and regardless of your present circumstances. And can I just lay that out for us again? Because some of us need to hear that again and soak in it. Maybe all of us, right? Here's the good news. You are the one Jesus loves. Regardless of your past regrets and regardless of your present circumstances. As we read through the letters of John, it'll be obvious the way that John writes that he has a heart of a pastor. He's always pointing to truth. He's always desiring for us to see the connection between faith and obedience. 
but he also desires to encourage as well. As we read through this, these letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, we'll see encouragement as well. An ongoing desire to encourage in various ways. And I think one of the biggest encouragements, when I think about the life of John and his letters, comes from John's own life story. Adam will tell us at the end of the service here about journey groups. We're about to start another season of journey groups. And in journey groups, we lay out our journey line or our life story with a group of folks. And I wish that I could sit in the living room with John, the Apostle John, and I wish I could hear him retell. When we tell our life story, it's full of ups and downs. It's full of uh, roses and thorns, so to speak. And I wish I could hear John tell about what we're about to read in the scriptures. Because it would be below the line. If you've been in a journey group and you've mapped out your life story, it would be one of those that's pretty much below the line. And so turn to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 55. See, John wasn't always known as the apostle of love. They, that wasn't how he was known in the days when he walked with Christ, John and his brother James were known as the sons of what? You guys remember? Sons of thunder. James and John. That's what, that's what John was known as, as a son of thunder. Thunder can also be translated rage. John, son of rage. If rage had a baby, it'd be named John. Son of rage. We're not entirely sure where this comes from. Maybe James and John fought a lot as brothers. Maybe they struggled with anger. Maybe they had short views. But this passage in Luke may shed some light on our so-called apostle of love. So look at Luke chapter 9, verse 51. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, this is Christ, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. So they... Jesus and his followers on their way to Jerusalem. Verse 52, and he, Jesus, sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of the Samaritans. Do you remember the Samaritans and the Jews? They didn't get along very well. This is why they went, to make preparations for him. So Jesus sent his followers ahead to make preparations for Jesus' arrival, specifically at this one village of the Samaritans. Verse 53, but the people did not Receive him. They did not receive Christ because his face was set toward Jerusalem. Verse 54. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, when they saw the rejection, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? And the way that this reads, we'll see here in a second. You can picture Jesus walking along, his followers, James and John, are either coming up behind him or they've been walking behind him and they're beginning to talk about this rejection. And we just don't quite get the full scope here. There's no inflection in the scriptures. But I don't think it read like James and John were like, Lord, Jesus, we have some things we need to talk with you about. These Samaritans have rejected you. We think they should be punished. What do you think? 
don't think that's how it went down. Especially considering that we're talking about the son of rage here. Here's how I think this reads. Jesus, can you believe this? Dirty Samaritans. Can you believe they rejected you? Oh, we're, so, we're so mad. In fact, we want them dead. In fact, we want the Samaritans dead. Jesus, what do you think? How can we kill the Samaritans? What about fire? What about fire from heaven? Just like Elijah and the Samaritans. What about we call fire down from heaven and kill them all? What do you think? And I love the way the next verse reads. Look at it. Verse 55. But he turned. So Jesus, he's in front of them. They're likely walking around along the road. And Jesus is listening to this. And he turned, turned backwards and rebuked them. Can you imagine what Jesus says? I don't know. I wish we had more detail here. But can you imagine Jesus going, guys, really? I killed him? Fire from heaven? Are you crazy? I came to seek and to save the lost. We're not going to call fire down from heaven, okay? And then verse 56, and they went on to another village. <laughs> See, when I read this, when I think about what we've just read here about our, who will one day be called the apostle of love, seeing the heart of encouragement, if what we're going to see from John here in these letters is some encouragement, here's what I see here from the life of John. Jesus takes sons of rage and makes them apostles of love. Jesus takes sons of rage and makes them apostles of love. Church, there's always room in the kingdom for those who need to receive his grace and mercy. There's always room in the kingdom for those who need to receive grace and mercy, who need to be transformed by being the one that Jesus loves. I would ask, do you feel discouraged by your failures? Do you long for life change? May you be encouraged by John this morning. May you be pointed to the God whose love and mercy is stronger than darkness and new every morning, like the song says. While our sins are many, his mercy is more. That's what I think of when I think of the life of John. The now late Tim Keller says, you are more sinful than you could dare imagine, and you are more loved and accepted than you could ever dare to hope. May we lean into the same Christ that John knew and walked with, as he'll say at the beginning of his letter. May we lean into the same Christ that John knew and walked with and saw and heard and touched, and may our confession be the same as John. John confesses this in chapter 5 of 1 John. He says this, and this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Church, there is truth in Christ. There is richness 
of life in the way of Christ. And there's abounding love and forgiveness in Christ. May we be deeply encouraged. And may we recognize ourselves as the one Jesus loves. Let's go to him and pray. Lord, I'm so thankful for your word. Your word that we've already sung this morning. We've sung lines straight from your word. We've examined some scriptures this morning, Lord, in hopes of hearing from you, in hopes of learning, in hopes of being pointed to not just a philosophy or some kind of message, but Jesus, to be pointed to you, in whom there is truth, in whom there is life, in whom there is encouragement, in whom there is forgiveness. And Jesus, to just be reminded this morning that I am the one you love. Sometimes just receiving your love, allowing your love to rest on us is such a challenge. Lord, because of what we've walked in the past or because of where we are in life currently or things we don't understand. Pray, Lord, that we would recognize and accept your great love for us, that our confession might be, I'm the one Jesus loves. I'm the one his grace and mercy and love rest upon me. Jesus, as we've already read this morning in the scriptures, we thank you for your sacrifices. By your sacrifice that we even know what love is. We thank you that you gave yourself for us, your body broken, your blood shed for us, that we might have forgiveness of sins. And we thank you that you didn't stay in the grave, that you rose from the dead and lived your life through us now. That by your life in us, by your love in us, we're able to love those around us. How incredible is that? I pray, Lord, that as we wrap up in song, as we take communion together, Lord, would you continue to minister to us by your spirit. And we pray these things in your name.